Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 4, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of wrestling on Wednesdays. Whether you enjoy listening to podcasts or watching them, the Wild On team has got you covered. Head on over to the Wild On YouTube channel, hit subscribe so you never miss the Wild On content that we bring to you every Wednesday when we get Wild On Wednesdays. And Wild On is available on every major podcast platform or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's guest has a decorated career on the independence, but she most recently has stepped into her feminine power when she brought a beautiful baby into the world and became a mother. Daddy is also a legendary independent professional wrestler, so this youngin is destined for greatness. Her spicy OF account is also climbing the charts. Make that milk money, girl. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Ariane Blake. So let's get straight into it. You're a mama now. I am, yes. Baby girl, baby boy? Baby boy. Oh, such a handful. <laughs> Yes, he is going to be one in about nine days from today, so my darling little boy. Happy early birthday. That's really exciting. I know. It's crazy. So how has your life changed as a mom trying to also be a professional wrestler? Like, I don't, you know, we've got like myself and Mickey James and so many of us that are balancing both, but I don't think... We've talked to anybody this early in the game, like baby's not even a year. So tell me, how has your life changed? Uh, so much, but in a way, it's kind of picking up where I left off. So in 2020, we had pandemic. I didn't wrestle a lot. Literally, I think it was like five, between like five and seven matches that year I had. Okay. So really wasn't wrestling a lot. And then the uh, beginning of 2021 comes along, I find out I'm pregnant. So that's another year essentially out of it. And then this past February, I came back. I was like, oh yeah, I know how to, you know, go in the locker room and get ready and do my little pre-match rituals and talk to my opponent. And just being in the ring is like, I missed it, but it's also just like, oh, this is completely like, I remember this so much. So that's nice, but I did miss it so much. It was, yeah. it sucked so much having to take like basically two full years off. Yeah. Did you pick up exactly where you left off? I don't want to say I hit the ground running. I hit right. the ground maybe like jogging because <laughs> like I didn't feel the need to go extreme and take like every single weekend and fill up my schedule crazy. I'm like, okay, I literally have a child. I need to know that my body is not the same, no matter how hard I try. Like, it's just, yeah, it's some things were so much easier before having a baby when I was like 19. But, um, and my fiance wrestles, so it's a lot of juggling his schedule too. Okay. So, like, I, you know, because we have this baby, I can't fill up my time as much of with shows or signings or road trips or anything like that. It's, yeah. Sometimes I just sit home and change the diapers all weekend. And I love it, though. Like, it's Good. it's the best life. Being a mom is life-changing in ways that no one can warn you about. Yeah. Like, even if someone were to tell you, you wouldn't truly grasp it. And I, I was like you. Like, I loved just, you know, being at home with my baby. You don't even think about, like, life before. Not really, because your life is different now. It's 
and you don't want that life back. That's how I felt anyways. Like, oh, that was fun. Like, but now I look back and like some of the stuff I did before having a child, I'm like, I'm glad I got all that out of my system now (laughs) because it's like mothering is just so cool. It's such a big learning experience. It's everything in your life changes. Mm -hmm. The thing I found most true though, is like people like my mom or my mother-in-law would be like, you will never love anybody more than like, you know, your firstborn or any child you have really, but being that it's my firstborn, I was yeah. just there like the love, you're not going to understand it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I have dogs. Like <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll like the baby. But, um, no, it's so true. It's like, yeah. I'm obsessed with this human. I will die for you. I will do anything for you. There's not many people like at three in the morning, I'll wake up up and wipe their butts like just I love this little baby (laughs) it's so true like you wouldn't do that for your husband probably well maybe you would but like I mean not as judgmentally free (laughs) not just like for the fun of it I would need there would need to be like a medical purpose (laughs) (laughs) not just not just for shits and giggles like yeah (laughs) speaking of those kind of things your OnlyFans is tearing up the charts do you want to talk about your OnlyFans a little bit um, I have had it for about two years. I started it on my birthday, 2020. You know, okay. that pandemic wasn't wrestling a lot, needed yeah. some kind of money. And I had a Patreon, but for so long at like the top of the page would say, you're outside of the bounds. Like and it had a resolve button and I had talked to people, Patreon and taken down whatever they didn't like. Oh. And it still was up there. So I'm always like, it's going to get deleted. It's going to get deleted. <laughs> So I just made the OnlyFans as a backup and it grew as a platform. And then more and more wrestlers just signed up on the platform, felt less stigmatized. So it's a good place to be. It's a great place to be. And as a female professional wrestler, you know, you can have these pictures of you leaked from, you know, wardrobe malfunctions. And it's, it's really taking back your power because fans want photos and you're choosing what you put out there with your number on it. And I think it's a really, really powerful, powerful tool. Yeah. I'm like, God, if you want to see like a wardrobe malfunction and maybe see like side boob or something, like it's not going to be good quality. I promise you, it's going to be an action shot at best. Like you want the good stuff, I'll provide it to you for a fee. Sure. I saw recently on your Twitter that you're at the top like 6.9% of your OnlyFans. Is that right? As of this moment, yes. So what does that mean exactly? Break it down for me because I'm still trying to like learn all the ins and outs of it. What does that mean? I think it means that just the traffic, I think, has increased from what I've noticed. Okay. Like earlier in the summer, Nadia Sapphire visited Vegas and California. How great is she? She gave me me so much advice that like things I didn't know that I implemented into it. And like literally, I think since meeting her and like talking to her and shooting customs with her and stuff, like I've noticed more fan interaction, more subscribers more money and like I think that is what drives up those numbers so I'm not you know Cardi B making a million dollars a month or whatever (laughs) off of it but like I do be trying (laughs) does Cardi have an OnlyFans I think she did at one point or I think she was one of the celebrities I saw or like like her Bella Thorne I didn't I didn't even know that like I'm literally just like it's 
it's become so saturated and like you said so destigmatized and it's a business it's a respected business and you know it's one of like the most old-fashioned type of industries in the world men are always gonna pay for seeing a woman so you might as well fucking dive head first in but really trying to learn the ins and outs and there's so much to learn it's so much more than just like taking a hot selfie, posting it and hoping for the best. It's like yeah. legitimately marketing, editing, um, interacting with people and like yeah. making it authentic. Cause like there are people that get like a grown man across the country to run their page. And these guys sign up and think they're talking to this hot girl. And it's some weird random dude. That's just a social media marketer. That's being like, yeah, baby, you want to see blah, blah, blah. And I think if you're paying for like a fan experience, it should be more legit. I mean, with people like those celebrities, like Cardi B, Bella Thorne, Tana Moja, like I get it. Like yeah. super duper busy humans. I think at that point, manage your expectations. If you're going to be talking to them one-on-one, but like with wrestlers, yeah. it's, it's more fun for me to talk to people on OnlyFans or when I had a Patreon or anything like that than Twitter, where I can get like berated by strangers because they don't like my makeup or they don't like the finish I did in a match or something like it's it's a nicer platform I think that's cool it's so you feel more secure on the OnlyFans platform yes like I like these people are paying to be there like I feel like they're gonna be on their best behavior and if they're not and I will tell them like you're a little out of line there like let's reel it in like I'm not gonna if somebody says something outrageous I'm just gonna be like I'll laugh it off probably I'll probably screenshot it and send it to a couple of my friends (laughs) but it's it's like I'm not gonna shame you publicly or I'm not gonna it's you're paying to be there. I appreciate it. But, you know, let's chill. You don't need to see me put a cucumber. <laughs> Literally something I've been asked. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to the hospital for you. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but for the right amount of money, maybe. <laughs> no, no, because I feel like that permanent damage. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> it's not worth <laughs> it. <laughs> step on it but so let's talk about aria blake as a human being away from wrestling let's get into the weird nitty-gritties that no one would know do you have a phobia a strange not a strange phobia just a phobia the first one that comes to mind is claustrophobia okay that's interesting so do you find that comes into matches like if you're in holds or anything like that do you feel claustrophobic sometimes yes um like if anything is super duper tight like on my throat especially Mm. then I have to like you know dig in as much as I can or even if gear is like too tight around like this rib area oh interesting I'm so claustrophobic and I don't know if it's hereditary I know like my one of my grandmothers is very claustrophobic and when I was maybe like six I went to Adventure Island in Tampa and there's this corkscrew type of purple dark slide so it was covered fully it's a tube okay and it was skinny and like I'm I was a small child but I'm still like this like going in a dark water slide I'm like what if it stops and there's somebody and we get locked up or backed up and 
like water and just I think that's where it developed was that experience that makes sense ever since I've been like I don't like tight spaces so if you were not a professional wrestler and a spicy content maker what would your dream career be or did you have a career pre-wrestling I started wrestling when I was 19 so my jobs before that were a lot of just like customer service like I worked at Sephora Starbucks places like that um I went to college um Graduated 2017 with a BA in mass comm, like journalism stuff. Okay. And I had a few jobs in that field, but it kind of, for me at least, turned more into social media marketing. And it's not like, you know, my dream job, but it's what I am educated in. But I guess like a dream job for me would be something creative, like makeup artistry or being like trained in like hair, something like that. I like that. and But I feel like that degree in media marketing is totally translatable to, to wrestling because so much of your career is online now. Have you been able to implement those skills? I think so. I think learning a lot about like niche things in marketing that most wrestlers have no idea, like search engine optimization. I know how to write a caption that if I'm promoting a show might pop up more than if I was just like, check out the show. Like, okay. I know how to, I know how to kind of phrase it in ways that will pop up in like keyword searches. Like that's something I learned in one of my marketing jobs. So um, tell me about that. Cause I'm, I'm fascinated by all the ins and outs of like tripping, uh, the, uh, algorithms and stuff like that. So ge- shed some light. <laughs> um, the geekery, um, <laughs> of social media. So like, it's a lot of just thinking keywords that people would type in if they're searching for something or if it would pop up in like an article. Like when I was doing one of my marketing jobs, I represented a nonprofit in Oklahoma that helped adults with special needs disabilities. And some of their projects would be like they had a community garden. So in my Facebook postings for them, I would use keywords like the town that they're in. If there was a holiday coming up, I would try to tie it into even the most random kind of like niche holidays like it's you know down syndrome awareness or autism awareness something that was in the charity but was also something that the community you know could be like oh this exists in our community um trying to find the best times to post at like looking at analytics of traffic like really just nerd like number stuff yeah what's the best time to post would you say i don't remember if it was an app or a website but every day would have Sunday, like the peak time would be maybe like noon or Monday it would change and be like when people get off of work, um, oh. Tuesday on their lunch break, like it was literally a graph that was like all over the place. So it, it varies and it, it varies. And I think that there's even ways to see when your specific audience is online, mostly like, even if you have people around the world, like there's still a chance people are on their phone at the same time. So it's so it's, it's so interesting. Like it's so much more than posting. Oh yeah. Marketing. It's like, God, this is such a deep field and it is so new. And it's so like people think these social media influencers are just like this one one trick pony kind of thing, or it's just them. Like it takes an entire team and it is literally like multiple degrees to really get into it. And like a passion to keep on top of it. Because I guess you're forever learning. 
really because it's always changing like you think you understand an algorithm and then it's like oh no Facebook's changing it to this or this practice now and you're not going to see the latest post and you're going to see random people's stuff in your timeline and it's just it's so hard to keep up with sometimes especially like when it's your professional career but luckily there's education tools and sometimes like the social media platforms stay consistent sometimes they suck but (laughs) it is always learning process and you've got a leg up in it because you have a greater understanding than I would assume like the general public I hope so yeah (laughs) I mean I I definitely would not call myself like a genius in this aspect absolutely not I'm not genius in anything but um it is what my education was focused on thankfully I have that leg up I guess and it's weird because like applying for like, you know, real jobs, they're like, what's your marketing experience? And I'm like, do I tell them about Aria Blake? Like, cause I did manage, you know, to grow that following and stuff, but I'm like, I don't know if they think I'm gonna go break my neck and not be able to work for them or something. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's like a double-edged sword because I'm like, they could find, you know, those wardrobe malfunction kind of things or, and if they're open-minded and fine, whatever, like, but it's, it's like, yeah, I have an organic following. I grew up myself. Like sometimes there's hashtag use, but a lot of time it's just wrestling fans and, you know, being tagged in the right things and promoting yourself. And I don't know. It's not like I have like, you know, my own clothing brand where I'm like, yeah, I built this up from nothing to a million followers maybe one day. I don't know. I I think there's definitely merit in it, but I understand your apprehension because people who don't know wrestling could potentially still attach a negative connotation because it is a sexualized thing. However, it's 2022 and I feel like that discriminatory behavior is like definitely being phased out. But I'd I'd understand like treading lightly because you just, you don't know. You don't want that to be your bias. Right. I'm like, I don't know if you're gonna like, you know, hate wrestling, you're a wrestling fan, you know, maybe you're a stalker of some sort. I don't know. Like, it's, it's like that. It's almost like being Hannah Montana in a way, like (laughs) two different, you know, a literal professional and then like a professional wrestler. Like, it's, it's such an interesting balance. At the end of the day, they're gonna Google you anyway. So fuck it (laughs) it's not gonna come up that i'm like a serial killer at least or like that i collect human heads or something like it's just gonna say i wrestle truly like i wish there was more transparency on like the headhunters and the serial killers on dating apps because like you find that out way too oh my god yeah I'm literally like this has been the theme of the podcast over the past two months because I've just started dabbling in the world of dating apps because I was married my entire 20s into my 30s and so I miss dating apps completely uh and at 36 I'm just I felt like I came out of a cave and speaking about art forms with technology and having to understand a system that's a whole language in itself and it is weird yeah I had a little bit of experience on tinder oh like my probably early days of college I'd say and I was living in the area near Clearwater so I would get some people from Tampa and one of my weirdest experiences was this guy who was a player for the Tampa Bay Bucks okay I was like just we're talking a little bit 
and eventually just fell out and nothing happened. Yeah. And one day, this man randomly sent me a picture of his restroom business. And it was not yellow. It was the other guy. It was literally just a picture of that. <laughs> so that's like the worst experience I had on like an app. Thank God it wasn't anything in person. Like, there's the unsolicited dick pic, but an unsolicited dookie? Like, ah. <laughs> And, like, this man was, like, you know, a big football player. It wasn't, like, a little baby business. It was a, it was a grown-ass man's, like, <laughs> meeting in the toilet. Like, holy. There was a lot of protein supplementation is where we're going with this. Yeah? I don't see that ever. Eh. Are you what? Oh, like, no, it's horrible. Put, put yourself in his shoes. Like what? I like. I'm trying. What was he trying to elicit? Was it? Was it the adverse reaction, or was he like? I, I don't know. Was it meant for me? Was it meant for a doctor? Like I don't know. It was crazy. I. You poor thing. That's really scarring. This was like ten years ago, and I still like the. It. I can see it. I mean, and it was like early in the morning too. I swear it like Tampa Bay time. It was probably between like 730, like eight in the morning. It was just that. So, so he's, he's regular. He's it a- was like post coffee. Like this is his morning <laughs> business. And you know what? That just reinforces in my mind, every thought I've ever had about like professional athletes, musicians, celebrities, they just lose all sense of normality and they're just like totally fucking weird they are something else (laughs) anyways (laughs) are you a podcast girl or a book girl let's change the subject podcast (laughs) what's your favorite podcast oh my um i listen to a lot of um degenerate comedy podcast oh my favorite one is called legion of skanks <laughs> it's a comedy podcast obviously there's three male <laughs> hosts it's not anything that the name implies it's just three funny dudes and guests and such i also every day listen to the bonfire on Sirius. that's more of like a radio show but okay same concept i guess it's people talking i like matt and shane's secret podcast with shane gillis and matt mccusker there's a podcast i love that's called dad meet and i was looking them up on trying to find their twitter to like see if they were going live on youtube one day yeah searching the term dad meet on twitter like (laughs) interesting shit so yeah i listen to a lot of degenerate dudes from the northeast like entertain me weekly (laughs) I've heard of none of these podcasts, so I'm going to look them up. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a secret talent outside of being a wrestler, of course? I don't know if it's secret anymore because I've kind of exploited it for wrestling, but I'm very hypermobile. Oh. So, like. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> um, there's been many times in matches, you know, where I've <laughs> like. Oh my god, that's an amazing talent to have as a pro wrestler. That is fucking brilliant. There was one spot I did super long ago with this girl Dynamite TD where 
she set me to the buckle and I stopped myself, went to kick her and she grabbed my foot and like scorpion kicked me in like the back of the head. Um, I can do all types of weird bendy shit. So that's cool. Now, has that made you susceptible to injuries like separating your shoulder? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's a whole condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And I have the type that is hypermobility. And it's of the 13 types, one of it's all severe, but it's not as bad as like the ones that affect like vascular stuff and heart stuff. And it's mostly just my joints hurt a lot. Like they pop in and out all over the place because my connective tissues are not strong. Like I don't have the collagen bonds and I just don't process like protein and stuff the same way. Um, So yeah, I have like gotten her on the simplest stuff even like I think it was in May or March Mm -hmm. I took something and just took a bump and like my elbow like legitimately dislocated like not like the thing I just did but it did a weird thing and like I had to on the fly like just work with my shit not being where it goes and then a couple of days later, I was like in the living room, just like foam rolling, trying to make the area feel better. And I just like popped it back into place myself. And it was this super loud noise. Like my fiance heard it like across our house, like across like our living room. Um, the worst was probably I took a German and my elbow hit first and it popped all of this forward. Oh, my God. elbows back here, shoulders up here. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> Excuse me. How was that diagnosed? That injury kind of kicked off a few things for me because seeing my orthopedic doctor, I'd seen him a few times for like soccer injuries, but like this one, he said my shoulders had multi-directional instability. And I'm like, well, to me, that just sounds like they're moving all over the place. And he essentially said like, this is the shoulder and the joints in there. And it's kind of just mm-hmm. going wherever it wants. Oh, and wow. it's not in place because like the tendons and stuff or whatever week because of the condition. And I had met this um, wrestler who had visited Florida that had Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And a lot of things I saw in them, I realized like, I have this too. Like, that's crazy. Ah. Seeing that, like hearing the thing with my shoulder being unstable and hearing that this person like had a lot of instability. I'm like, clicking and clicking these things together. I'm like, I am always injured. I do bruise easily. I am like oddly flexible for somebody that's, I've never trained to be this flexible. Okay. I was a cheerleader and like, I never had to like train to do the splits. I've always just been able to drop down in them. Interesting. Never had to sit there for hours like this, like stretching my hamstrings and groin and everything. Like it's right. And I'm like, there's, it's weird that I'm this flexible and that I can spin my elbow around. Sure. Going to that orthopedic doctor eventually led me to, um, like, I think it's integrative medicine is what this guy did. And he did this thing with me called the bait and scale where you do a couple different things. Like if you can stretch like your thumb back to your wrist, okay. if you can have the elbows that do the weird thing, yeah, I'm bending over with my knees, like completely straight. Okay. Being able to touch the floor flat, like a bunch of crazy things that most people shouldn't be able to do, but I can. After that, he was like, oh yeah, you definitely have it. And I was like, all right, it's good to at least like 
put words to what I feel like I've been struggling with my whole life. Wow. So was, was there a sense of relief when you had the diagnosis a bit? Yes, because I'm like, okay, I'm not just a hypochondriac. Like this is a legitimate thing. Right. Other people have it. It's not as common as, you know, things like, um, like diabetes or like ADHD or things like that. It's considered rare, but I've heard people say that it's just underdiagnosed. So it is relieving, but then it's like, you're also on this whole other journey of like, okay, what do I do now that I have this condition? Cause it's not something that you just like, oh, I have it. And it just is what it is. You kind of have to figure out how to live. Like, how do I do things without my joints popping in and out? Or what's the proper way to, you know, do KT tape or physical therapy exercises. And along with it, unfortunately, like it's a syndrome. So underneath it are all these other things like the autonomic dysfunction, like the nervous system, not really functioning. Right. I don't know why it's part of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, but it is. Okay. And it like causes like heart problems, like things like that. So it's, it is a relief to find out one thing, but then it's like a constant learning of like, what else is wrong? And what else can I attribute to this major thing? Yeah. Interesting. So I wonder, you know, since you had already been an athlete, you'd been a cheerleader. uh, It's almost like wrestling kind of saved this part of your health in a way like it's kind of like you said it's a it's a double-edged sword but it sounds like for the rest of your life and your health like thank goodness it was diagnosed now something you can you know keep an eye on maybe I would have eventually found out what Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is but like if I didn't hurt my shoulder taking a German which you can probably only do wrestling (laughs) or like um meet that wrestler that had what I had and like seen their social media post about having it. Yeah. I might still be in the dark about it. And it's a thing I completely have. And it's, it's also like unfortunate that so many doctors are just like, they might get a short brief lesson of it in medical school, but a lot of them just like, it's so alarming being with a doctor and then being like, what is that? Can you spell it? And I'm like, oh my God, I know more than you. Like, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's scary. Let's change gears and wrap this up and do my top 10 tailor-made questions. It's kind of a speed round, but don't feel rushed in your answers. Are you ready? Okay. What's a beauty product you cannot live without? Eyebrow pencils. Eyebrow pencils. Specifically, I don't know which kind. There's one by NYX that I use right now oh. that they have a few, and this one's like really long and it's got like a pointy ish tip on it. Okay. But I love it. And it's got like a spoolie at the end of it. So I use that on like my lashes and to brush things, and it's great. I'm, I'm a slave to the NYX brand too because it's so cheap and. It's good. It's good. <laughs> what is your favorite exercise? Hip thrust. Yes. Build that booty, girl. Love them. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Slowness, which I think can apply to like slow walkers, slow drivers, slow talkers. I That's a good one. All encompassing. <laughs> All encompassing. Just speed it up. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? Pete Davidson. 
Ooh, good one. So how do we feel about him splitting with Kim? And he's like all torn up. I like them together. I thought it was good for her to be with someone silly. And like, um, I don't know if that family's the best for him, perhaps. True. Because I'm like an OG Pete fan since like he was on Guy Code and stuff. Like okay. way back in like 2013 when he first popped up on like MTV. Yeah. I love Peter Davidson. <laughs> I've thought they were really going to stand the test of time because he is so different. But I, but think, I, I think Kanye, like, I think Kanye won, like, with all his craziness. I think Pete was probably like, fuck this. He out-crazied him, yeah. <laughs> and Kanye's the dad, so he's never going to go ahead. That is, yeah, like, you're, as much as you, like, you know, try to ban them from birthday parties and shit, he's still going to pop up. And it's Kanye West. Like, it's yeah. fuck. <laughs> It's a really shit baby daddy to have to deal with. God, yeah. <laughs> Who is your favorite band or artist? Uh, All Time Low is my favorite band. All Time Low. So you're a pop punk girl? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a secret vice like drinking a glass of wine in the shower? No, but that sounds like a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Yeah. Plant-based medicine. Legal here, girl. We're all about it. <laughs> What wrestler has the best entrance music? Ooh, um, of all time, Lita's is probably my favorite. That's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. What is your drink of choice? Doesn't have to be alcoholic. Monster Zero Sugar, the white can. Oh, so specific. I also like that one. Being so specific, that's that's my go-to. <laughs> it's good. Uh, what has what been has your, been your most, most embarrassing, embarrassing moment, moment in the, in the ring? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> um, there was one time I was wrestling Catalina Perez in Alabama, yeah, and my shorts were not like the band or whatever, and them like had ripped. So my I'm like picking them up like the whole time, and like my ass is out. Thankfully, it was like a crowd of five people, maybe beautiful, but it was just they got a show. Oh, no. Where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? What are your social media handles, your OnlyFans, anything you want to promote? Uh, OnlyFans.com slash Aria Blake official. My Twitter is I am Aria Blake. And then um, Instagram is the Aria Blake. Beautiful. Okay, last one. Finish this lyric. <clears throat> Say it ain't so. I will not go. Turn the lights off. Carry me home. <laughs> awesome. Well done, my friend. <laughs> I love it. It's so great finally meeting Aria Blake after she's had her beautiful baby boy and her and her professional wrestling partner are raising a little superstar of the future. And I don't know about you guys, but I knew nothing about the fact that she had a condition and it was basically pro wrestling that unveiled this condition and something, you know, she now has to manage for the rest of her life. As always with Wild On, you always get something a little bit different than you get from any other professional wrestling podcast out there today. I hope you enjoy our weekly content when we get Wild On Wednesdays. I could not get Wild On Wednesdays without my badass punk rock girl band the wild on team right hand queen 
editor and producer, Rochelle Duras, the woman that does all the things, marketing and interwebs, Madison Golshani, and our sweet baby angel of all the things that we need help with, that we can't manage, and she sings the Wild On theme song, my entrance music, Sam Smith. For all our technological emergencies, we have our homeboy from Superkick Studios in Toronto, our sound engineer, Matteo Sessa. Thank you. I love you guys. And until next week, keep calm and wow. Wow.